Welcome back to The Law Unscripted, where we discuss all the things you never knew, never understood, and no one ever told you about the law. We are in season, I know, welcome back, everybody, truly welcome back. We are finally in in season two. We um we did not do a summer season because our host Chelsea Rogers was the bar guys right? fishing the bar actually taking the bar which state did you take Maryland okay. in July of 2023 and we're gonna cross our fingers that in about a month I should have results which is also making me nauseous to be perfectly honest fair enough I totally get that um so Chelsea as she stated she's our our resident law student who has now taken the bar we're waiting on the results um but she and I have been working together for a number of years I'm Virginia Tarani I'm with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer till you do there we go and we are truly back. So the first season we took through the the winter and spring at the first of the year for 2023, we've skipped the summer and now we are at the fall of 2023. And what we're going to try to do this season is continue to take those little snatches of, of small issues that are part of bar- bigger ones, but to break down the smaller ones. And usually we're on the couches behind me. Um, but we've also had a whole bunch of things happen in our lives. So today yes. we're going to do it a little bit differently and see how it goes and going hopefully forward. We will be back on the couches in no time. Yes, hopefully so. My one little doggie's on the couch. Aww. You can't see him. Um, but Charlie's joining us at least because he always hears Chelsea's voice and comes running. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it <Hi>, sweet? <laughs> So oh, for those of so you much. who are joining us again, we do still have dogs. Um, yes. They're just kind of in the background and we're going to keep working our way back to those couches. But today we're going to talk about Terry Stops. Oh my gosh. All right. Every law student is going to know, oh my God, I know the Terry Stop and have yes. a lot of opinions about them. But for those of you who haven't heard them referred that way, it's a stop and frisk. That's what, I was what this say. is. I feel like everybody knows, even if they don't realize it, what a Terry stop is. I feel like it's on every show. You know, put your hands up against the wall and you see the frisk. You know exactly what it is. <laughs> right. Do you have Do a gun? We... Is this your gun? And they're pulling right. it off of holsters and out of holsters yes. and pockets and wherever they can find guns. Yes. Whatever your favorite, you know, law show is, you've seen it. Um, I obviously have lots of strong opinions about it. <laughs> I think this is relatively with it. Okay, right, because we're starting with it, but this is relatively new. So what we're talking about is the Fourth Amendment. That's your, you know, search and seizure. That's where we're starting. But this was like an interpretation of that that didn't happen until almost the 70s. It was 1968, Terry v. Ohio, right? Yes, that's absolutely right. So Terry v. Ohio, that's why it's called a Terry stop. Kind of like the Miranda warnings. They're called Miranda warnings because that was the case. It the defendant was Miranda. Um, so in this case, Terry is the defendant and it's mm-hmm. a Terry stop based on him. But I think we need some context with the fourth amendment because you were right. This is all based on the privileges and freedoms and protections of the fourth amendment, which talks about search and seizure. Good old constitution. Yes, go back to the the very basics, the beginning. Your pocket constitutions, everyone, and we'll keep going. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures 
shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. Yes. That's the basics. But for Terry's stop, there's no warrant. There's no warrant. There's no probable cause either. Which seems weird because the, 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 the constitutional amendment says probable cause cause. and warrant, but this is not either. It's not a warrant and there's no probable cause. Our returning listeners now understand, um, why I have such strong opinions about this. (laughs) They're starting to see the pieces come together, but right. So essentially the fourth amendment says you need a warrant or you need probable cause. You know, you have to see someone do something. You have to do that. Um, And then if not, you can't seize them. You can't stop them. It's unreasonable. That's what it says in the Fourth Amendment. It's unreasonable if it's not through a warrant based on probable cause. Right. Right. And so an arrest is a seizure. You're like being seized. So that's what it's talking about. Um, There are other, you can be detained as a seizure. But apparently, according to the court in 1968, being stopped and frisked is not a search and seizure, which I think is a wild thing to declare. It it does seem so. It, because like you're saying, if you stop someone, that is technically a seizure. It, feel, right. it feels fundamentally like a seizure. If you're t- telling someone to, free stop, to walk away, stand here while I frisk you, you're preventing them from leaving. You're seizing their person right. Even for a specific, you know, uh, even if it's a small amount of time, it's still yeah. an appreciable amount of time. So how is this different than the requirement for a warrant? I see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're struggling. <laughs> I don't see Like, I obviously don't agree with the court here, but they essentially make the argument that it's not the same as an imposition, like as much of a restriction on the freedom as you were saying. I just have a hard time believing that. I just don't know if I believe that because what they say is that the officer needs to have not probable cause, but some reasonable, articulable suspicion. Exactly. Um, which is not the same as probable cause, but is more than just something. I don't. They don't. They don't like to give bright line examples of this, <laughs> but they're like, it's not probable cause, but it's something. Good luck, guys. Yeah, I mean, it seems to put. So you have nothing. You have no facts for any crime. Right. That's clearly nothing can happen. But then there's probable cause, which is put in here by an amendment to the United yes. States Constitution back in the very beginning of our heyday. That is our standard. And and now we've got, uh, we'll put reasonable suspicion in between. We'll have right. nothing and then we'll have probable cause and then we'll have reasonable suspicion, which isn't in the Constitution. Those words no. do not exist. No. And so this reasonable suspicion has to be, as I've said, just something. And the whole idea with the frisk is that that part is for officer safety, right? They're not being searched like they would if there was probable cause to search a person. If you're arrested, they can search your person. What the court is saying is that this is just about officer safety. If they stop you, which they now can do, if they have some reasonable articulable suspicion to stop you, um, they have the right to then frisk you for officer safety um, to make sure they're, you know, that's the pat down. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, since then, <laughs> right, you're like, okay, great. 
um, you know, they're supposed to be frisking for weapons, but they yes. often find other things that gives them probable cause. And that, to so this is what them. my argument here is that these are just reasons. This is the court saying, let, let us give you some justification for your pretextual stops. Um, but hey. Yeah. I, I mean, it does seem like that. So if you have yes. reasonable suspicion of, of what, I mean, most of, of these. what? Most of what I'm saying, like, what is the suspicion? Was I looking around? Was I walking too fast or too slow? Because this is what happens is that those things then both of them, to be clear, walking too fast somewhere and walking too slow somewhere have both been used in cases and upheld as reasonable suspicion. And I'm like, then what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) I can't can't do anything. I'll be stopped and frisked. I can't help it. What do I do? I'm standing still. That's what I'm saying. I actually wrote this in an essay and I'm laughing thinking about it now. I said that Terry v. Ohio was the death of the Fourth Amendment. A little dramatic, but I really felt that way. I I mean, I got it. And I think to me, the base of the rule is to give the officers the ability to protect themselves. I think to me, the fundamental idea is officer safety because through this rule and the way that it's been reviewed subsequently and upheld is for officer safety of if there's a knife, if there's a gun, then we want to make sure that the officer can detain this person long enough to determine, am I at risk? Is my health, my life, or these up for grabs? Because I mean, I got to admit as a police officer, I'm not a police officer, but my husband was, and I've worked with a lot of them. I would like this rule. A lot. Yeah. I would be, you know, fanfaring, doing a parade for this rule of, whoo, I can stop somebody yeah. and see if they have a weapon because it is, a, this is not a full body search. This no. is not a cavity search. This isn't no. even a, I'm going to put you in handcuffs. This is, let me hold you there to pat I'm you down. ask you some questions. And before I do that, let me just check I'm safe. Yeah. Because the rules that have interpreted it say it's outer clothing. You have to pat down. You can't grope. You can't feel. You can't manipulate anything. So right. if you feel something in their pocket, but it doesn't feel like a weapon, you can't go searching their pockets. Right. Which, but if you feel it and you think that it's drugs, you might have now probable cause to arrest. That, okay, this is why I get frustrated about it. It's about the drugs. I understand officer safety and I'm not disagreeing, but I think more often than not, it is used to get probable cause when they think someone has drugs and they say, oh, well, you know, it's reasonable to assume that someone who is selling drugs is also carrying a weapon. So I'm going to pat them down for a weapon for officer safety. And what they're actually going to do is pat them down and be like, well, I felt the paraphernalia or whatever it is. Right. And, and, and I think that's true. It's, you know, we've got to have, they can feel evidence of other crimes, but you really have to have some kind of independent justification that brings that portion up to probable cause. So in my mind, yes, they have reasonable suspicion still, and we're still acting under that, that there's probably, you know, there's reasonably, it seems that you have drugs in your pocket, but that hasn't risen to the level of probable cause. Unless you then see, oh, there are the scales in the baggie sitting in your back seat. (laughs) That's the other marijuana that you have on your table. Now I'm going to, now I have probable cause, but it does kind of, in, in both our minds, it seems 
to truly put a whole nother evidentiary rule in there. Right. We've it's got- unclear, I think, is the thing <laughs> that's frustrating to me, at least, because we've had probable cause since the amendment, the Fourth Amendment, and that have, I would say, a pretty significant portion of case law interpreting it. I think everyone yes. has a good idea of, you know, judges across the country have a good idea of what is probable cause, what is not. And then you just add this in, like, that's 1968 was not that long ago. It was so then it really is not. And so then this is when it's happening at the Supreme Court. And they're going to go, okay, now they have given us this new standard of reasonable articulable suspicion. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? And then the kind of lower courts are left to figure that out. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they've done their best, but this is why we continue to get these types of cases on suppression of evidence motions on appeals is, was this a Terry stop? Did Mm -hmm. it rise to a higher level of an arrest, whether they called it arrest or not? Were they being detained or not? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's all a question of custodial interrogation or in custody. Was this person in custody or arrested? These are tangible, you know, comparable terms. And if it didn't rise to the level of arrest, do we have justification for a stop? And it, it, I mean, it's just minutia that we're looking at different facts, but each case is different. So for Terry, it interprets the stop based on the totality of the circumstances. Yes. It's this crazy objective test as if any of this is objective versus subjective but this on- used to actually, fun <laughs> tangent, the whole idea of an objective test versus a subjective test was really hard for me to understand in criminal oh, law, like our, my first year, because I didn't, I was like, you're using the word objective, but what I'm hearing is a lot of things that to me are very subjective. And so I had a really hard time with that in my first year criminal law class because I was not clicking, like I was not getting it. It does seem to be used in interchangeably. So in essence, a subjective test is one where it's your own thoughts. Right. I believed if I were the officer, I really believed that this person had a gun. So I patted him down yes. to protect myself versus the objective test is kind of this made up test that says a reasonable person reasonable. in this same situation would have believed there might be a weapon. Well, right. I'm going to tell you, I believe there might be a weapon. I think I was a reasonable person. Right. So if I'm reasonable, then it meets both the subjective and the objective test. (laughs) Right, because you're going to get the officer who's like, I've been an officer for 10 years patrolling this high crime area. It's it's reasonable to believe that this person who I saw what looked like some exchange, it's a reason, right? Then right. okay, well. Who am I to say that the officer is not reasonable? Exactly. And in essence, it's a reasonable officer. It's not even mm-hmm. a reasonable person. It's a question of would a reasonable, an officer, a reasonable yes. officer in the same situation with interpret all the same, the same facts, way. interpret it the same way. And you're hoping that nine out of 10, at least times, they would do the same thing right. or think the same thing. But it is this test of reasonable person, reasonable, articulable facts. You can't just mm-hmm. say, well, I felt like it. I had a hunch. Like, hunch. <laughs> <laughs> On it, the same brainwave, right? <laughs> it seemed suspicious. 
Yes. <laughs> I, but then they I thought okay, I'd double but check. Some of the reasons they use, I'm like thinking of a very particular case that I saw at the public defender's office. This was their, you want to hear, they actually use this for probable cause oh, and no. not reasonable suspicion. And this was the wildest thing I heard said. He said, the young man bent down to tie his shoe and did not actually tie it. And that was, they said they had probable cause and that was their reason for probable cause. But I don't even know if that is an articulable suspicion. Right. In my opinion. It, I agree. Is that even a reasonable, you know, articulable That's, suspicion, reasonable suspicion? I don't know. It doesn't even seem that high level. He testified to that. And when I tell you, I'm obviously just sitting there as an intern, my jaw dropped because I was like, even the judge kind of like cocked his head. It was a rookie officer. And even the judge kind of looked over and was like, what did you say? Yeah. I, no, that that's a hard one. And we're all looking at it, this objective test. Right. I agree with you. We're all looking at it in our own mind's eye. Yes. Is if we interpret it that we're reasonable pers persons, people. Right. That we believe we would have thought that thing, done that thing, then of course it's mm -hmm. reasonable. So how many other judges and people do you have to get to agree with you that that was a reasonable act to say right. that this is objectively reasonable? So I think you were actually onto something there with your argument that, wait, this all seems subjective. It, it was very confusing for me because I didn't feel like, in my mind, an objective is a checkbox, right? You can say, this thing happened, this thing happened, this thing happened. You can distribute a list of those things and everyone's going to get to the same conclusion. So yeah. I had a very hard time. I know that sounds like I'm an idiot, it but doesn't. truly my first year of law school, I like had such a hard time understanding what people were telling me with objective versus subjective. I just ended up ignoring those words altogether and just memorizing <laughs> what the standard was. And because I was like, I don't understand how yeah. these words are being used. It, well, that makes sense. And I, I think it's reasonable. Um, well, thank you. See, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> a reasonable law student would agree. A reasonable law student. I like it. That's the next test that the Supreme Court's going to come up with. Oh my gosh. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, this is, this is so crazy. So this is truly, it, it's law. Mm. It is. Technically it's an interpretation of the fourth amendment. It is not something that's new, allegedly. Alleged. See? Allegedly. See? <laughs> but the question is, I think ultimately did the court create new law through Terry versus Ohio or did it interpret the old one? And I think right. you could really make a good argument either way. This is the same, God forbid I mentioned these, these phrases, okay. but this is the same with birth, birth control and abortion. They're not I, in there. So did the court interpret the equal protection clause or did it create a new rule that wasn't there to begin with? I might surprise some of our listeners here, but I actually absolutely agree with that. I think oh. I 1000% do. Um, I think when we started reading in privacy rights to the constitution, it doesn't make sense to me. Those, I, I feel like I'm a very black and white person in a lot of ways. Those words aren't there. Yeah. So what do you, what do you mean that you're reading it and finding that? Um, but I mean, and that's essentially what's happened. We, said that there's all these fundamental rights that mm -hmm. aren't enumerated, but they are in the essence of the constitution is basically what happened. And so yeah. starting with Griswold v. Connecticut, we just started reading, reading things in. Um, and so, yeah, I guess people would be surprised, but that to me was very frustrating. I mean, at this point, I think we can't go back. 
there's just too much right. law that has happened since then. Um, so I don't think the solution to any of this is trying to, un- to undo it. I don't think we can. But I think if I could teleport back then, <laughs> I would want to stop it. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know that we can't take it b- back because Griswold, the case that you just referenced, is the birth yes. control case. Yes. And then we've got Roe versus Wade. And within mm-hmm. the last two years that you and I, this is 2023, yes. Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And I never thought you could take that back. So if that could be taken back, what about Terry? Hey, look, I'm not opposed to that because this is the thing. I think the principle for me is very frustrating, Um, even though obviously it's no shock on here that I was very devastated when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, But I don't like this this idea that we're like creating law by some people are reading this imaginary language in places. And that's how I feel about Terry too, is that where does it say that? Where are we getting that from? If we want that to be the standard, tell your congressperson to draft a bill. Yes. Um, That goes back to strict construction. Yes. Is which is with it makes a lot of sense. My black and white thinking is like there's a process for this to happen and a judge saying so is not that process. Yeah, because it's are they legislating from the bench? That's the question. Is yes. technically according to our art forget the Bill of Rights, these amendments, right. go back to the Constitution itself before anything Separation was of added. powers. It's like this whole fundamental thing of Articles one we through want three a checks and balances and then which yeah. again, I think it's funny because obviously this would impact things that I am in favor of, but at the end of the day is that I like things to follow the rules. Right. And this is, this is how it is. It's like, you know, article one, two, and three, right. executive branch, legislative and judicial, which one are we going to pick? Well, technically, yeah. like you're saying, the legislative branch, Congress is the Could one that's supposed to make a new law. So if we're supposed to have reasonable suspicion, well, shouldn't they put it in? Because I don't read that in the amendment. Whereas right. the judicial branch is supposed to be interpreting. So if you have, like, in my mind, exactly, the, you know, say Congress did this, we throw out Terry and Congress makes um, a law saying essentially what the holding of Terry was, then the only thing the court is deciding is did the certain facts in this case meet reasonable, articulable suspicion. That is the job of the courts to interpret the facts to the law as it is written. And I don't know where this got mixed up, but But these words weren't in there. (laughs) My innate frustration with a lot of things, like I think con law is so fascinating. You know, we are starting to walk things back. I don't know how that'll go, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm in favor of privacy rights and birth control and abortion and all of these things. But at the end of the day, it doesn't say it in there. Okay. It, it just Technically, doesn't. It, it doesn't. They, these are words are not there. This game of saying there are this like, but I mean, it's also interesting because the word like freedom isn't in the constitution. I, I mean, there's a lot of right. things, but it's like, we can just make new laws. We don't have to read things in. To the, to the Constitution. I don't know why would that, that became it, the way we did things. Would that it were so easy? I think in my own political type opinion is yeah. that the legislature is essentially ineffective now because we do, we have our party system is so, so strong polarizing. That, that it, and polarizing that we can't have agreements on anything in the legislature. Yeah. So we leave it up to our judges 
to make right. the rules for us because we can't convince a hundred people in the Senate or, you know, however many, yeah. we can't convince them to make a new bill because they won't agree yeah. on it. They won't agree right. what the privacy rights are. They won't agree to reasonable suspicion or not right. reasonable suspicion, which is why I think that, you know, being also more of a strict constructionist view of, well, yeah. if it's not in there, why that, that that's where we're headed. But yeah, in any case, that's a Terry stop for those of you who sort of know about it and sort of don't or who are looking for a better explanation. We do have them. You are allowed to be stopped on the street and frisked yep. to make sure that you don't have a weapon. But there has to have been some kind of fact right. that led the police to believe that you were a risk to them and their safety. Yes. And that they could pat you down without manipulating anything, without moving you anywhere. They can't take you right. down to the station. That right. is not a stop and frisk. <laughs> this no. is a, a limited, you are where you are. You don't move from where you are. You're patted down, weapon or no weapon, and then yeah. it's done. Unless they find a weapon and you were a felon. Anyway, there's, there's a lot that could happen from there's there. A, yeah, there's a lot that could happen from there. But that Maybe is the basics. If you, you know, are a felon, you just keep walking. You don't hear him and you just keep which but not thing? too fast. Yeah. <laughs> not too fast and not too slow. <laughs> Continue walking at a moderate pace. Or just stand. It's, you know, yeah, what, whatever you can. Please, on. Which is so... Am this, I being detained? <laughs> and am I being detained? Am I free to go? Always ask. Yes. I, that's my advice. I don't give advice. I am an attorney. We don't give advice on here. But with the general advice I can give and feel comfortable doing is if you feel that you are being detained by the police, always ask them. You can do this no matter what. Am I being, am I free to go? Yes. Am I being detained? Am I free to go? I think by asking these questions, you're better off in the long run. Yes. And don't answer questions without an attorney. You can answer, you can be helpful and answer questions, but have an attorney there with you. It's never a bad idea. Yeah. Let me, let me make a phone call. Yeah. I'd be happy to thing. help. Give me just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> just one moment. Who are you calling my attorney? Just to give me yes. a second. Just a little second. <laughs> While you're going through a Terry stop. So that's where we are today. We've, I think we've kicked off the, the new yeah. season with a, with a great topic. We will be coming up with more of the little bitty topics within the larger subjects as we go through to help you understand all the things about the law and the legal system that you didn't know. Didn't understand. And no one ever told you. So in this case, like, and share. Like, yes. subscribe to our channel. Put some comments in there about what you think about the Terry v. Ohio yes. decision, um, about the stop and frisk rules. Um, we may not always comment back, but feel free to comment, would you? Hey, and what drop a think? topic. If yeah. you like this one or it like made you have questions about other traffic stops or anything else, um, and you might inspire us for our next couple of topics. Write it in there. Share with everybody. And we will see you on episode two of season two next week. Woo Yay. Thanks, Chelsea. And uh, bye. Our, yeah. Bye, everybody. See you next time on The Law Unscripted. <laughs>